0: Hey, welcome everyone to another episode of the Going VC Podcast. I'm JJ.
1: And I'm Rachel, and we are super excited to bring you all this episode. As a quick reminder, our goal of this podcast, as always, is to discuss a variety of topics as it relates to launching or accelerating your VC career.
0: Before we get started, I want to give a special thanks today to our sponsor Ladder. Ladder is a professional social network that delivers high-quality connections, community, and career content. Find exactly what you need to level up without the ads and spam you'd find on career advice platforms. Join thousands of other builders, leaders, and go-getters on Ladder today. So Rachel, with that out of the way, can you give us a quick rundown of what the listeners can expect today?
1: Yes. Today, our guest is Jonathan Chang, who is an investor at Global Silicon Valley, the founder of Gen Z Scouts, and known by many as at Venture Capital Guy on TikTok. Jonathan breaks down his path to VC, as well as what his first year in the industry has been like, including growing his brand on TikTok and Twitter, founding Gen Z Scouts, and much, much more.
0: Yeah, this was definitely a fun episode. Hope you all enjoy. Thanks for joining us, Jonathan. We usually start these things off with a little bit about our guest's origin story, their uh, career background, and how they got to where they are today. Great. Yeah.
2: First of all, super happy to be here. A little bit about myself. I'm an associate at Global Silicon Valley, GSB, founder of Gen Z Scouts, which is a program for students who want to break into venture, especially from on-target schools created a TikTok the name at Venture Capital Guy, and also non syndicates at Fajian Ventures. And quick, you know, story about me, you know, went to UCLA, graduated class of 2020, was a summer analyst at Good AM Ventures, a campus partner slash startup scout for Ground Adventures, went into the startup space, was a data science intern at Nuvi, and I was also a film writer. So I did a lot of shoots for people like Miramasa. With Sago, Charlie X, and others who were super interested in the film space. I'd also ended up as an intern at NBC Universal and Lights.
0: Nice. That's really cool. So, how did you settle on venture? Sounds like while well in school and after graduation, you got to ho- try a whole bunch of things there. Yeah, that's a really good question. Venture was something when I came
2: into college at UCLA, even although I graduated as a stats major, came in as a busy con major. And as every Business economics major acting. you know, I was the this club, and realized first meeting, it was like, oh, what lunch balance was like. And it was like you know, 100 hours a week, all that stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm not doing this. Left it, didn't know what I really wanted to do. When I was in high school, I heard about startups because my cousin was a founder. So once I got to CLA, I was like, okay, startups was on the back of my mind, joined this fraternity called Sigma Pi, which is an entrepreneurship fraternity. Met really cool people there that told me what venture isn't pretty funny. Now, the two people that got me into venture still working venture, Delamay Rack Rack also actually got made, you know, one of Gen Z VC's business insider top Gen Z VC's with me. So I thought that was really cool. Joined that in my sophomore year, joined for ventures just to explore the space more and learn a lot of necessary skills that helped me ultimately. Break into BC, like writing investments when I was talking to companies. I did a few internships, Conopax Ag Tech, my first, you know, internship work that accelerated called the Expert Dojo got me into the space. I liked venture at that time, but didn't know if it was right for me. I drifted to Yumi, drifted to film, television, the digital media. So that was something that was fun for me and really great exploring because I honestly think if I just did venture throughout, now I'd be questioning. Did I make the right choice? And now looking back, at least I explored a lot of these different fields and realized hey, okay, venture was the best out of everything. I tried everything and everything worked out.
0: Been great. That's awesome and makes total sense about being able to look back now and be like, hey, I did try all these other things and venture is something I really love. So a couple things there would love to dive into a little more. Would love to talk about founding Gen Z Scouts. I think that's really cool how you've been able to build a community around that, and then the other one I know we talked a little bit about uh, in our planning call is your TikTok, of course, and the importance of brand building and how it can be really tough to stand out as a junior investor and sort of uh, the you know interesting ways that you're going about that.
2: Yeah, definitely. So yeah, actually TikTok actually goes into how I found it, Jensen Scott. So I think it's really great. It started through TikTok and. The reason I really started TikTok was I really loved doing film. When I was, you know, in quarantine, I actually did make TikToks, not about mental capital, but I was making things like photography, TikToks, kombucha DIYs, which some cool things i experimented with. And I really- Very LA. It, but exactly. Very LA. But the viewers did it. I think I got like 50 views on all these videos until one of these days, I decided, hey, I'm going to make a venture capital TikTok. And then I got like 1,000, 2,000 views. And I, that was sort of it. I didn't explore further into venture TikTok until three weeks after that video. But you know, the whole mindset is I got into venture Twitter during the summer. And from knowing no one into venture and following the people that had really established brands, what I really found is it's super hard to build your brand on Twitter because Twitter is for incumbents. A lot of the people that have been on Twitter have big followings have been tweeting for a while and they already have this space and a a stranglehold. And your goal is, you know, how do I grow? When I looked at TikTok was, you know, there's no venture capital TikTokers out there. You know, what I was seeing on my 40 page, oh, what is IB? Oh, what is product management? I think that was a really good baseline. A few of the first people I followed on professional TikTok, I would say, was like PM people which inspired me to be like, oh, there's PM TikTok. Why is there not venture capital TikTok? I think around the end of October, November, decided, all right, I'm going to start making more TikTok videos. So started making a lot more TikTok videos about venture. The first one that sort of really blew up was one about venture capital stereotypes. I started making more videos like that and got a lot more followers and spent a week about 2,000 followers and decided, all right. Time to rebrand my needs like guy, I'm just doing venture capital TikToks from now on. And that's what I've been doing. It's been really, really interesting to see the growth, the people I've met. For example, met this company, Copy AI on TikTok, invested in their round as an angel. Just through the platform have been, I've seen some really great companies through this platform as well as I've been getting really great opportunities to build out my brand TikTok is like a funnel to Twitter, which is how you know I really built up my Twitter following to almost 2.5K followers from, you know, 200 followers a year ago. So venture capital TikTok and this TikTok in general has just really helped establish my brand and where I think I am today. You know, without this, Jensen Scouts wouldn't have been formed without this. Like Daydream Ventures wouldn't have been formed without this a lot of the great people that I've met, a lot of the platforms which I've been able to speak on, I feel like even this would not have been possible.
1: Thanks so much for sharing that background, Jonathan. I'm definitely a fan of your TikTok and love that you formed BC TikTok. I know maybe one or two others out there, so love that you're on there and, and just educating people who might not have known about venture capital at all and others who just wanted to learn. I saw recently on, on Twitter that you shared a story of one individual who followed you on TikTok and then actually got an internship as a result of learning about BC through your TikTok, which is really cool. I was wondering if you could share a bit more about the kind of BC content that you share. Do you think you, a lot of people are wanting more kind of educational content? I know you have some funny ones as well that kind of poke fun at the BC industry.
2: Yes. Yeah. It was an interesting time, I would say, you know, just figuring out what sort of content do I want to post on my TikTok and what works. I think it's a fine line of how do you balance being informative, but also really great content. And what I figured out is what you said on my TikTok. It's a mix of posting just really funny stuff. Make jokes about, you know, Patagonia vests, having free LaCroix kombucha on tap, the whole venture stereotyping. But also, you know, really want to be informative to my audience, especially for a lot of the followers who don't know what venture is and just really wanted to learn about the space in general. So what I find is, every week I will basically post five times, maybe three times I post some funny content, two times I post some actual informative content. So building a brand, you know, getting viral videos out, but also you know try to inform my viewer base. That's the thing that I've been working on for my TikToks and just getting a good mix of both funny and, you know, professional content. I think that's what TikTok is really about, which is about democratizing knowledge.
1: Definitely. That's such an awesome story. You mentioned that as a result of TikTok, founding Gen Z Scouts and working with Daydream and even building your Twitter following happened organically. After that, would love to hear more about Gen Z Scouts and your reasoning behind founding it?
2: Gen Z Scouts was part of this whole TikTok democratization of knowledge, which was when I was creating videos, I get a lot of comments being like, students sending me their resumes and being like, them. I'm really interested in this space. I really enjoyed the content I was from an XYZ school. And it was usually a school that I've never heard of. And I was like, there's so many people that are like this. People that are really interested in learning more about venture don't even know where to start it. Or you when know, you look at the organizations out there, a lot of them are either you have to be at a certain university, or so if you're on the West Coast, if you're on the East Coast, and then you apply. If you're on, you know, the Middle Coast, then, you know, you can't be a part of these venture orgs, so It's just really hard for students who want to learn about a venture who are really talented to break into this. That was one of the main reasons I'm live started this organization. And it's been going really well. We ran two cohorts. First one started Jan 2021. Second one started end of June. And then third one is going to be starting October that we had about in total these last two cohorts, 60 students. A lot of them have gone on to work at startups, work in venture, or, you know, even create their own student funds at their universities. It's a really good community that. I'm personally trying to build. The goal is create a community of like-minded individuals where they're able to meet other people from around North America that share similar visions. And we've also had people meet in person as well, which
0: I find a cool. That's really cool. would love it if we could just take a couple minutes here and dive a little more into what the program looks like. So there's two
2: parts, education and doubting. The main education part is every week we have curriculum. We have you know what is venture capital? How do you source companies? How do you scout? What do you ask founders do in the first call? How do you do venture interviews? What does you know crypto look like? What does edtech look like? And we bring speakers every time, around twenty-five to thirty-five you know years old because they are the people that our students relate to and probably can get the most mentorship. So we've had people come speak and eventually. Some of our Gen Z scouts become interns for these people, which I find really amazing. So try to build a community through that. And then our other site is encouraging students to scout companies, encouraging students to talk to startups, establish relationships with them.
0: They will go a long way in setting up your career. Nice. So if anyone wants to learn more, what's the website? Where can they look you guys up?
2: Yeah. www.genzscouts.com. Or on Twitter, the handle is at Gen Z Scout. No S at the end, just because there's another Twitter handle called at Gen Z Scouts, which is run by a Gen Z soccer analytic. I've been trying to get that handle, haven't been able to get it yet. Sent them messages, <laughs> no one ever responded. So uh um, trying to oh, that part out.
0: Nice, nice. Speaking of handles and whatnot, besides your account, obviously. Who else on uh, VC TikTok do you think people should give a follow to?
2: Yeah, Turner Novak, of course, love you know the content that Turner puts out. And he's really good at some, putting out some really great content. Other people that I think are really good, there's some new ones like Trillion Dollar Tam. She does some really funny TikToks that I've been watching that have been really good on the startup side. Join On Trial, I love their TikTok. Ryan Solomon, who runs their TikTok is actually a part of gen z scouts that's really cool really interesting to see that community build i think the most established venture fund on tiktok would be like index ventures and they have some really interesting content as well
0: nice yeah i've actually seen some stuff from index pop up on my for you page as well anyone in particular you recommend following from their team
2: Rex Woodbury does a lot of their TikToks, I believe. I haven't met him yet, but he also has some really great Twitter threads about breaking into the creator economy. He's been writing some really good stuff on that side. So he's definitely someone who's been in this sort of creator space, working on the TikTok space that I'm a fan of.
0: Nice. Awesome. We'll definitely get them listed in the show notes for people to check out. So another thing we'd love to touch on here, I feel like just, you know, in the last few months, the last year, there's been an absolute explosion around Gen Z VC, recent graduates, that sort of thing, such as yourself. And I know, for example, you spoke uh, the other week at the Gen Z VC summit, organized actually by a past podcast guest of ours, Megan Loist. And yeah, I would love to just kind of generally dive into the topic for a little bit.
2: Yeah, the whole Gen Z VC space is really interesting. I really believe the democratization of knowledge because when I was a college student, the only opportunity I really saw for joining a community post-grad was EDCA. And to this day, I still don't know how to join EDCA. There's a website, no application. That was something I was really interested in joining when I was in college and now I've like, forgotten about it because I literally still have no idea how to join EDCA. But the community as a general, I think, really helps this younger generation, you know, just last year alone, when I was looking for jobs, there was no Gen Z VCs. There's no Gen Z TikTok. No one made it venture capital TikTok. I wasn't a part of venture Twitter. What Megan has done with the Gen Z VC community has been amazing. I've, you know, personally met a ton of really great people, Slack channels, communities through Gen Z VC Twitter alone. So that's something that has been valuable to me, especially as A first year, you know, associate who just broke into the role. Besides that, you know, the Gen Z summit was a really great experience. Meeting people who were operators, how they grew their brand, meeting people that were students, as well as just meeting partners, these older VCs who just wanted to listen in to see what all these youngsters are doing meeting some of the people that came into my panel, which was just about how you establish yourself as an analyst. It's ultimately really hard to do that because literally your entire job as an analyst associate is writing investment memos. No one really knows how good you are at writing investment memos unless you build out your brand, write articles, create tour rights, all of that, which is, I think, what the top Gen Z VCs are doing, what Megan Voice has been doing great, what Page Daughtry has been doing really great as well. That's something that I find really helpful. Besides that, next week I'm talking about at Age it's confidential about how Gen Z VCs invest. So, good to talk about syndicates, about why founders want Gen Zs on their cap table amongst other things that are related to the whole angel of adventure syndicate space.
0: That's awesome. So can you give us a little preview of what you're going to be talking about? Why uh, do founders want Gen Z VCs on the cap table? Yeah, a lot of
2: founders are building products for Gen Z. And I think a story that sort of explains this is one of the founders we talked to was creating something for a Twitch streamers. And I always understand I grew up, you know, Twitch streaming, YouTube gaming, all that stuff. So I obviously knew What he was talking about and at the end of the call he was like yeah i'm so happy i've talked to younger people because i talked to 50 year old vcs and they literally had no clue what i was talking about didn't know what twitch streaming was and
0: all of that so would be curious the example you gave was of course consumer applications and at least in the popular press a lot of the coverage around gen z investors talks about trend spotting and you know their ability to get ahead of consumer trends that sort of thing Would be really curious if you think that same sort of effect applies just yet outside of the consumer space. You know, future work is changing. Younger generations entering the workforce. When do you think we're going to see the rise of the Gen Z enterprise investor? Gen Z enterprise investors—that's going to be interesting. I honestly do believe there's going to be a really great Gen Z
2: enterprise investors. Not just in the consumer space. Other spaces will be picking up. I think right now we literally last year it was like. Creator economy, consumer economy. And now we've seen the shift, blockchain, web 3.0. And the reason is it's understandable to this younger generation, metaverse, it's virtual world, creator economy, consumer economy. It's stuff people use. So naturally, of course, enterprise SaaS is really boring to students. You know, I think another trend that have been picking up by most is deep tech. We have people like Raffaul Rita. You have a student fund called Chalk that are big in this space and really inspiring. You know, what you see now is celebrities getting into the space, Steph Curry getting into NFTs and see rappers getting into NFTs athletes and it's pop culture. It appeals to the masses outside of techies and B2B doesn't, you know, Steph Curry is not going to understand probably (laughs) much about, you know, crazy software. I honestly don't either.
0: Yeah, that's something that's been really interesting to watch. Would love to know if you've got any kind of more thoughts want to expand on that. Celebrities getting into the startup investing, venture ecosystem, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, it's kind of neat. It's, it's almost like it's come full circle. You started uh, at the beginning of our conversation talking about photographing celebrities like Charlie XEX working in film and TV. And now that world has kind of uh, invaded the venture space. You
2: know, when I was in college, Photography and video was something that I really loved to do. And it was a really great talking point. I do a lot of photography. I do a lot of videography for these artists and just meeting them, I thought was really great. And it honestly did spur sort of my interest in the consumer space and the creator economy space as well, because ultimately, I really like to look at it in ventures, great startups. It's great as well. When I go to things like happy hours and all that stuff, I really don't want to be talking about startups. I really want venture in starts to just be like a normal part of a life where you can make small talk with people and people understand. And I think that's where, you know, this creator consumer economy comes in. You know, some stuff people haven't heard of like seas and FTs, you know, those are things you can talk to, you know, everyday people about because the celebrities, all the TikTokers are in the same boat of understanding which I think is great. I'm glad I didn't go to you know, B2B VC because if I went to B2B SaaS VC, oh boy, it's, I have not talked about lower to anyone.
0: That makes sense. So do you have any thoughts on why celebrities, personalities, that sort of thing, uh, just in the last few years have been getting into early stage investing? Do you think it's just part of startups and VC permeating the culture or why do you think it's happening now? I think, yeah, it
2: is because you hear about all these big companies. Twitter, Facebook, Airbnb, you know, all these really great companies. And I truly believe the celebrities really want to share that. People like Logan Paul or Jake Paul with his fund. You have displayboys with variable capital. You know, it's sort of the next trend of investing. You have Jay-Z, who's been an investor NAS, I believe, has invested in a ton of companies. So you have Assets, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant with his venture fund. We have Golden State Warriors old legend Baron Davis as a mutual investor, and it's about a celebrities, athletes, etc. were a lot smarter their money. I feel gone of the days. It's like you see in the old times, you know, chat investing into things like KFC, buying franchises, car dealerships, McDonald's. I feel like this new generation, which is a lot, you know, contributing, you No know? NBA players are all celebrities now. How do you generate cloud? How do we invest before everyone else and be like, hey, this isn't the only And it honestly helps companies out. You know, if you're a consumer company, you work these people on the cap table because of the audience that they have. If you're a company looking for product where they fit in the consumer space, you basically talk to someone. You get, say you get an investment from the swables. They promote your product They you have millions of you know, users that you want know, to try out your product. I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know, I've really seen in this shift and it helps founders because founders who get invested by the soy boys can get introduced to, you know, other influencers. They can get introduced to other brands that they work with. And I honestly truly believe the next generation of consumer investing, the next, the whole creator economies is, are going to be driven by community because you look at all these funds out there, the best funds that I think are in this space are going to be ones driven by community adaptability. How does the community help a startup? People say VCs are like, how can I be helpful (laughs) for Gen Z especially? The best way to be helpful is create a community and help startups by introducing them to community members. If you're a VC starting off as a emerging manager, create a great community that you can rely on for when your portfolio company needs help, you can rely on them to, you know, have great information, have great connections to people in industry that will
1: help. Jonathan you've shared a ton of great advice for folks who might be interested in the VC space or trying to break in. We've covered establishing a brand, you've talked about the importance of working with founders and getting to know them and, and leveraging programs like Gen Z scouts. And then you also touched on how really the first few years in venture the main part of your job is writing memos. I'm I'm curious if you could share what are your major learnings after being a first-year associate in venture?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think my major learnings as a first-year venture associate is, in order to really be successful in venture, you know, I always go back to this, is brain building. I talked to a lot of venture, you know, associates, venture analysts out there. And the ultimate reality, you know, really properly at that people might not know is it's extremely hard to become a partner at a firm. You have one or two partners, they're already established. It's really hard to move up. So that's why you see the typical attrition rate is two years of venture, you're out, you're going to a startup. The best VCs are the ones that build brands. What Gen Zs can do now is be a really great investor, as well as being a really great brand builder. And to be in a great investor, that takes five to seven years. You have a thesis, and startups will show that. Thesis for the next five, six years versus if you're a really great brand builder, that shows right away.
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting point. And I think we've talked with a few other guests about how the feedback cycle is very long in venture. Like you talked about, you can't really show that you're a good investor. So I I love that you touched on how you can provide immediate value through building brands with startups. That's a really interesting point. One other thing, and I think you talked about this a lot, you're really interested. And consumer and uh, the creator economy. And, and we just talked about celebrities and VC, which was super interesting. Is there anything else moving into the next year, which is crazy to think that 2021 is is almost over, but th- is there anything in venture or industries in particular that gets you really excited?
2: Yeah, I'm honestly really excited about Web 3.0, the metaverse, you know, and DAOs. i super excited about that space. It all relates back to community. I think DAOs in you know, You know, decentralized autonomous organizations are going to be how corporations function really in the future as a community. Instead of you know working a regular job, you join DAOs and contribute to projects, and you get financially rewarded that way. It gets the best minds into these organizations that they can help out wherever they want to and join various projects. Which I'm a huge fan of. I'm actually in vertical right now. The whole thing is crypto. You know. In 2017, if you ask people what it would, people would say it's a financial mechanism tool for transferring money easily. That's what Bitcoin was. If you ask people what crypto is now, but there's so much more that it can be built off of, especially Ethereum There's a whole metaverse that can be built off of Ethereum. We have apps like, you know, NBA Topshop, Zenrun. We have NFTs, communities built around these entities, Fordate Yacht Club, Crypto Posts that have really exploded recently, and I think that's going to be something that's going to be really cool to look forward to in 2022.
1: Definitely. That's super interesting and would love to share the article once you put it out in the show notes here.
2: Yeah, we'd love to.
1: Curious here for anybody who's listening who has heard a lot of buzz around NFTs and DAOs and crypto, but is trying to learn more about the space, but just doesn't know a lot about it. Do you have any suggestions for how to get up that learning curve?
2: Yeah, Honestly, Twitter, I learned everything about NFTs off Twitter and started getting you to know, follow people. I think Gabby Goldberg is a really good person all follow this space. Just following her, you know, got me in a red-up hole and you can start following a lot more people in this space because of her.
1: Definitely. Thanks for suggesting that. I think Twitter is an amazing educational platform. And actually, I think you have a thread on kind of the best VCs to follow in Twitter. So we'll certainly include that as well.
0: So we normally end by asking our guests a favorite book they've been reading over the last few months. Could be fiction, nonfiction, venture-related, tech-related, something entirely different. But uh, yeah, what have you been reading lately?
2: Yeah, well, that's a really good question. I think that also lends into what I was saying about crypto and downloads and communities being down it could be an extra corporation. I've been reading this book called The Mission Corporation, and it's how do we create something like the contemporary capitalism? How do we change the corporations for the better, where they're going to be working for, you know, the good of the people. It's like the heart of a nonprofit that makes money like it's a for profit organization. And it's a, it was a really good book, a really great learnings. And I've been referencing that book a lot in writing about the DAOs, writing about the future of communities and how communities sort of function with creating like an organization, like or a corporation via blockchain.
0: Nice. That sounds cool. We'll definitely have to look that up. So, Jonathan, this has been fantastic. Just before we end, any closing thoughts?
2: Yeah, my last thoughts would be I just broke into this space a year ago. Been a really great experience breaking into this space. And if anyone out there is listening and wants to learn more about Venture, feel free to follow me on Twitter at J. You know, love to chat more there.
1: If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter for more venture capital research by visiting goingvc.com. And consider giving us a gift by rating us and sharing the podcast with a friend. Until next time, stay safe and stay healthy.